Chapter 2. Janiah. Hi. Uh, my name is, uh, Janiah. Uh, at some point in the future, a girl I do not yet know will ask me to tell her about my time with her father. The day I met Sir Janus Alatus was the best worst day of my life, so I'm happy to oblige his daughter. Captain Derrick commanded a full crew. In the world of pirates, the bigger the crew, the more powerful the commander, and Derrick was an ambitious, dangerous young leader. He was known for his confident swagger, but there was some measure of regret in his eyes. Eyes too young to carry so much. Maybe only I could see it. I'd known him longer than most. I knew that he'd killed before and would do it again willingly. What's one more body of regret on a pile so high? After Kaya and her cargo ticked out of Victalis' system, most of the crew panicked. Ticking usually requires a break in the battle, the time between all hands sedating and the slide into the timeless dimension. Kaya had taken no such pause. Derek had a history with her, so he was not surprised, but the crew had questions. I could hear them shouting from my station below decks. How can she sedate and tick so fast? asked one officer. She doesn't sedate, answered Derek. So she's tickled? No, she's special. Derek then barked an order. Sniper, find your target, the bosun announced to the crew. Sedate now, all hands, sedate now. There are many ways to sedate aboard ship. Luxury liners serve a fine meal, some wine, and a pill that puts passengers and crew to sleep for hours. Most freighters use pills as well. Pirates carry sleepers. On the order of an emergency tick, we crack a sleeper, inhale the gas, and pass out at our posts. Most of us did just that. The exceptions were Derek, the sniper, and our helmsman. They worked to find the tracking signal that shot into the diplomat's neck. The other exception was an unfortunate crew member named Janiah. Like I said, best worst day of my life. I had made it to midlife without a lot of success beyond getting myself clothed and fed most days. Never had ambition or a reason to live in my youth. There was no sign of it in middle age. I had lost my taste for the fight. That's what pirates call life. We fight to get stuff, then we fight to defend it. If you can't keep it, it's not yours. Most pirates don't lose their taste for the fight. They just lose the fight. I would have been one of those if it weren't for Derek. He kept me alive out of loyalty. But I was neither alive nor dead. I merely existed in my job as a rubbish man. I separated trash, uh, what was recyclable, what could be burned for energy, uh, what could be sold, and what would be jettisoned. It was a dirty job that meant I could never get entirely clean. The battle that day had me tossing and turning amongst the garbage. When the sedate order came, I dug through my filthy overalls to find a sleeper, cracked it under my nose, and... nothing. I stayed awake. The sleeper had failed. Wait! We can't tick! But it was no use. Most within earshot were asleep, and garbage men don't have radioed links to the bridge. I needed to get to the command deck and stop the helmsman. Suddenly, my meager existence was the most important thing in the universe to me. I ran for my life. On deck, the pace sounded frenetic. Got him, shouted the sniper. Helm, asked Derek. Helm's locked in. Good work. I heard a thud. Derek must have snapped one under the sniper's nose. 
I might have time to get to the bridge while Derek gave his final orders. Put us ten orbits off her position and tick in on silent running. This was a standard attack strategy. The crew would need time to recover from the tick out of scanner range. Aye, aye. Emergency ticks on silent running. Programmed. Ready in two. Do it. Along the steps on the upper deck, bodies lay a sound asleep. I scramble over them as fast as I could, knowing full well the procedures above. The helmsman would pick up the dead man's switch from his console. It would fit in the palm of his hand, which he would hold close. He'd look to Derek, and as each popped a sleeper and said, One, they would breathe in the gas. Two would happen when the helmsman fell asleep and dropped the switch, triggering the tick. I reached the lower deck in time to hear, One, WAIT! I saw the switch fall from the helmsman's hand. Okay, uh, that's going to make more sense later. The point is, while poor Janaya went through what I did, Kaya and Dad had a chat. I was supposed to be resting in my room, but I wasn't about to go to sleep on that cot, so I did what every kid does when we want to know what's really going on. I eavesdropped. As promised, Kaya brought Dad some ice. Sorry about the nose. We didn't have time to go by the book. It turned out for the best, and I guess that's what I'm paying you for. It's definitely what you're paying me for. Ship, stand down from battle stations. Defense mode one. Standing down. Kaya's ship might have been small, but when her array of cannons, missiles, lasers, etc. shut down, you could feel her awesome power. The bangs and booms of shutdown echoed through our bubble of airspace. But the blast shields didn't move. Guess that's defense mode one. Along with the noise of the ship was Dad's cough. Kyan knew Dad was sick. I knew he was sick. He knew we knew he was sick. But still, he was trying to hide it. He constantly suppressed his big coughs, making them chains of smaller ones. He tried to hide the blood he was coughing up and make like everything was okay. But after all the excitement, he couldn't do it anymore. He let loose with a heavy, loud coughing fit. Kaya didn't say anything. Not even an, are you okay? Or do you want some water? She just got up, went to a cabinet in the little kitchen area of her command deck, and produced a jar of golden sticky goop and a spoon. She handed him the jar. Here, suck on this. Dad tasted it. Mm. Sweet. It's an old pirate remedy. It's addictive and will eventually kill you, but not as fast as the plague. If it brings me peace from this cough, <clears throat> then I thank time for its deliverance. They sat in silence for a while, which was a nice change for Dad. His cough had invaded so much of his rest. After the silence lapsed past politeness, Dad sighed. That's much better. Thank you. Kaya must have read into his sigh. Something's bothering you. Yes, but it's not your concern. Okay. Kaya seemed perfectly willing to let the subject drop. But Dad was getting chatty. It's just that... Having doubts about my plan, I suppose. Your myth versus myth thing? Yes. Can't really help you with that since I have no idea what it means. But I told you. That doesn't mean it made any sense. I said, you'll go to Aniria, have a very public execution, and everyone will be so moved by your gesture that the war you say is coming will be averted. But I don't get it. I don't expect to stop the war. But I should be able to change the dynamics. How so? There are no winners in war. Just different degrees of loss. If this war comes, the restoration will bring either an age of darkness or an age of enlightenment. 
and that will be determined before the war even begins. See, there you go again. Making no sense. What system are you from? Kaya looked down, then pretended to do something at her command chair. Let's just say I get around. Ever heard of a martyr? Is that one of those big scaly suckers with a long tail from outside of the... Dad cut her off with a little smile. No. A martyr is someone who sacrifices himself. And only himself. Without fighting back. For a just cause. They sacrifice their life? Yes. Without killing their enemies. Most especially without killing anyone. Why? Some things are more important than one's life. That was from one of Dad's speeches I'd heard too many times. Like what? Like peace. <sighs> That's why I asked you what's it from. You see, one of the big differences between the relatively peaceful planets and the systems of conquest is that pirates, warlords, and such have very primitive mythologies. None of their stories, none of their heroes, none of their history, real or otherwise, include the element of self-sacrifice, forgiveness, or the concept of embracing your enemies. Embrace your enemies? They have no peacemakers. No one to tell them it is better to die in the name of good than to fight for no good reason. And you're going to be that person. I'm going to try. But you'll die soon anyway from space plague. Dad gave her a gallows smile. Call me a cowardly martyr. Meanwhile, from Janiah. Ten orbits from Kaya's new location, we busted into existence. I was the only one awake. Badly tickled, I danced around the deck in a euphoric haze, shouting that I had seen the Virgin of the Apocalypse, a common claim by people who have been tickled. She is a wonder to behold. When the effect of the tick did not wear off and the crew could no longer stand my rants, Derek had me thrown in the brig. I could see that this broke his heart. We'd been friends for so long. I wasn't able to tell him that the brig was exactly where I wanted to be. That was where the galaxy would begin its long, slow bend toward justice. Before that could happen, the crew would have to recover. Once they did, Kaya and her passenger would make an easy target. Would have been nice to have known that then. I did try to get some sleep, and the cot wasn't as bad as it looked, but I had no luck. As I made my way up to the deck, I heard Kaya and Dad still chatting. The jar of pirate medicine was nearly empty. Kaya drank from a bottle of something that smelled strong, even from where I was tucked away. So, what does the Morian treasure have to do with Admiral Gone killing you in public? Asked Kaya. The treasure is a symbol. And your death is a symbolic gesture. Exactly. To make people forget about the treasure. No. Damn it. What is it you're trying to do? It's complicated. It's not complicated. You're just afraid to say it. I'm not afraid of anything. Then say it. Say what you want. I swear I thought he was going to punch her. I want to overthrow that rat. Admiral gone. That's it. Him and all of his rat followers. Say it. I want him dead. That's what I'm talking about. And I don't care if I have to start a war to do it. I'd never seen Dad like this. He took Kaya a little by surprise, too. She got quiet. Dad fumed in silence before he explained. Better a short war than a long one, and better a fight between warlords and all of them against the Coalition. I suppose that's true. It's definitely true. They sat for a good long time. 
Then he scooped a spoonful of the golden medicine. Thank you. For what? For giving me clarity of purpose. He put the spoon in his mouth. You mean for cutting through your crap? Exactly. He went for more. I want gone, gone. You're right. It is just that simple. Maybe you should go easy on that pirate remedy. Before I was asked to be a diplomat, I was a professor of comparative mythology. I have studied cultures all over this galaxy from their inception to modern day. Do you know how many philosophies of war I've studied? A lot. Yep. Dad wasn't angry anymore. I think that goop had him a little loopy. Every great general, and I mean the great ones, not the warlords or the idiots, every great general talks of the importance of peace for the people they serve. He quoted from a collection of ancient philosophers. The only side to win a war is the one that doesn't fight. If you have two enemies, get them to fight each other. If you have one, get them to fight amongst their ranks. Divide and conquer. Exactly. All power comes from the people. Democracy through votes, monarchy through loyalty, and tyranny. Fear. He stared at nothing. I could see his jaw muscles clench all the way up to his temples. He was angry. Gon uses fear. Fear and that damned Morian treasure. I hope to show his masses that they have nothing to fear from Gon. That'll take away one pillar of power. And the treasure? And people will always believe in a pot of gold just around the corner. Something that'll magically solve the, all their problems. The, tick, the trick uh, to taking that power away. Dad had drifted off, so I stepped out of hiding to come to his rescue. Is to get people to see just how worthless the gold is. I'd heard this debate so many times at home that I could deliver his argument verbatim, even his favorite philosophical conclusion. There are no easy answers to life's difficult questions. I thought you were asleep. Every time I close my eyes, a different life flashes before them. All mine. Every time I close my eyes, the ship starts to spin. That'll pass. Kaya spoke like she had some experience with both our situations. It's kind of cool. Can I stay awake for the next one, too? No. Getting tickled is addictive. Most people can survive it once. Especially kids. Hey, I protested. Correctly, I think I was as much an adult as a kid. Or the other way around. Young people have fewer regrets. Fewer reasons to try to live their lives over again. At least that's what people say. Kaya paused for a second. At first, I thought she might have recalled her own regrets. But her face was cold and dead. Like she could have no more feelings than a rock. But continuous ticks will make anyone insane. You do it. Nadir! Dad clearly thought I was being rude. Kaya didn't seem to care. Yeah, well, I'm different. She took a long pull from her bottle. End of subject. Suddenly, the ship's alarm sounded. Contact bearing 180 by 10. Range, one orbit. Closing fast. Incoming fire. Multiple volleys. Explosions. Big ones rocked the ship. Then, several heavy things banged against the blast shields. What's happening? Ask a silly question. Trouble. Kaya's hair turned black. Big trouble. 